For the first time in more than five and a half years, we finally tonight have a few new answers to a question that has loomed over Indiana and over the town of Delphi. Who killed Abby Williams and Libby Jones? From the end of the bridge to you gotta go through. Now, I believe that the bodies were found about to. born from a family's grief and determination. In April of 2020, Army soldier Vanessa Guillen went missing while stationed at one of the largest military installations. You hear that little music in the background, it goes, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. Right. Knew about it or was there, it's, he's as guilty as the person who committed Chilling details in the arrest of a suspected serial killer caught before he could strike again. Him, they, they, they dropped the ball, man. Like, they said he went AWOL. Mm. And uh, he was a deserter, and nobody went to look for Today is not a day to celebrate. But the arrest of Richard M. Allen of Delphi on two counts of murder. Like I said, we're going back. We were asked last time to kind of talk about the food, uh, the grub truck video, and kind of give our perspective of it. The, the, the press release from the police department it indicated that they're still trying to put pieces together from that night. It, does that does that worry you in any at any point uh, or at any bit that they're still trying to put those pieces together? It's been over five weeks since little Kaylee Anthony vanished. Her mother, Casey, has been arrested for lying to police. She's being held without bail. Hey, greetings from the year three thousand. It still sucks. This is Phil J. Fry, and you're listening to. The Drunken Turkey Show. You're one stop for this sort of thing. Hit that button, like and subscribe. You know what to do, just like every other podcast. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Drunk Turkey Show. I'm your host, Daniel J, and alongside with me, as always, are my good buddies. I'm in G and Big Blue. Hi, man. How you doing, man? How was your How was your new year? That was good, man. Just spending with the family. Uh, nothing big, just, you know, cook out and whatnot. How was yours? Oh, man, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. My, um, well, again, it was, uh, it was my birthday, so got to celebrate that as well. Uh, lit some fireworks. And, um, you know, on the day of, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if everybody knows, but I'm a huge diehard Pittsburgh Steelers fan. My team won last night, and so I, I'm – I'm feeling glad. And if you guys are interested in Steelers content, I, I do host a Steelers YouTube show called State of the Steelers. Check it out. Um, Big Blue, happy new year. How was your new year? How was your day going? How's your weekend? It's good, man. It's good. You know, just had a lot of food. You know, we had some just kebabs like I showed on the show the other day. And I also had a pozole and uh, some barbecue. And I didn't drink too much that night. You know, it was a chill night, so. Just pop fireworks with the kids and had a few drinks. Nice, man. That sounds like a good time. Sounds like a good time. And, you know, with that said, <clears throat> today we're going to be talking about um, the Idaho case. We're going to be talking about Brian uh, Koberger. And we're going to talk about you know, how, you know, he knew the girls potentially and what his motive was. Uh, possibly everything's allegedly nothing's come out for sure. And so we've kind of got a little bit of clues here and there, and we're going to try to um, take care of that. I got to take care of somebody first real quick. I'm putting somebody in timeout right there. So <clears throat> I didn't see it. Oh, I did. I did. Was it about uh, me? 
Nah, nah, nah. Somebody's just talking smack. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> um, Whoa, I hear my... Yourself? Yeah, I can hear myself there. All right, so first things first, um, there's going to be a hearing tomorrow. We'll um, we'll talk about that first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll share this real quick. This is from Brian Enton. He spoke with Kaylee's dad, Steve Goncalves. He said he's going to be in the Kohlberger um, Idaho court hearing to look him in the face and let him know he's not going to go away He's not going away anytime soon. Family is looking for connections between Koberger and Kaylee. So more, more information. That's from Brian Enton. Uh, tomorrow's the extradition court. Kate, uh, and from all understanding is he's going to be waiving his extradition rights, meaning that he's going to be expedited to Idaho. That'll allow us to see the probable cause affidavit a little bit sooner. Um, what do you think? Would you, what do you think about, Steve going to this, um, you know, court tomorrow. Uh, I, I would be there. Would you? What about you? We'll start off with you, Hammy. What are your thoughts on the situation there? Uh, I want to be able to describe the feeling he might be getting, you know, right now because he's going to be out there. Was it uh, tomorrow? Right? Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. Tomorrow at three thirty. So I mean, the fitness he's going to go through. He's going to go through a lot of motions. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. What about you, Big Blue? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on on Brian having this case tomorrow? It's going to be televised. We'll be able to watch it. I'm not certain yet if we're going to be going live for it or not, but we are going to record something or go live and talk about it afterwards. Big Blue, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I think uh, I, if it was my daughter, I'd be there. I'd be there. I'd be there to look him in the face and you know tell him that it's not over. Uh, you know, I know they want the death penalty, so. Hopefully, you know, he confesses and he gets it. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The uh, Idaho is a uh, death penalty state, um, which we probably should say DP from now on. <laughs> uh, just editorial stuff there. Um, please hit that like and subscribe button, guys. Help get the algorithm going. I think we have 555 people in the uh, live chat watching this. We appreciate every single one of you guys. So. I have a video real quick. This is actually on Steve speaking about the accused and and um, we'll, we'll, we'll listen in real quick. And, and then we'll comment on it. Oh, what was all that about? Can you hear me, Big Blue? I couldn't hear you earlier when you minimized yourself. Uh, I didn't mean to. All of a sudden, I just <laughs> out. <laughs> I was like, I was like, kick me out. Yeah. Oh, the video? Is it me? No, it's me. <laughs> that was weird, man. It just kicked me out, and then I, I had to get back in. All right, let's do this again. Yo, share the screen. What's up? Okay, you can hear me. No, I was gonna say, um, DP might not be a the best uh, we can come up with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we're gonna have to come up with some. All right, I'm gonna play this. This is on the father talking in reference to uh, the situation here that we we're just referencing. 
the senior national correspondent Brian Enton, who joins us live from Pennsylvania. So, Brian, what did he tell you? Yeah, Nicole, I just wrapped up this conversation uh, with Kaylee's dad, Stephen. Uh, still heartbroken, but said initially when they learned about the arrest, uh, they were the first to learn about it from police late Thursday night that the arrest was going to happen. They felt some relief. They even felt joy to a certain extent. Uh, but now the feeling is just uh, being overwhelmed, knowing that the court process is about to begin and that they are going to see the accused killer face to face. Accused Idaho killer Brian Koberger could be in Idaho as early as tomorrow night after a hearing in Pennsylvania where Koberger is expected not to fight his extradition. There's going to be somebody there looking him in the face and letting him know that uh, this isn't going away anytime soon. This is just the beginning. Victim Kaylee Gonzalez's father, Steve, says they are looking for connections between Koberger and Kaylee and the other victims. I'm biased, but if you got to know my daughter... I would think it'd be impossible for you to hurt her. So I think a little bit of us all kind of felt like this was somebody who didn't have a chance to uh, meet her, talk to her, get to know her because she was a very likable person and she didn't have a mean bone in her body. So I think uh, there's a little comfort in knowing that this person wasn't somebody she trusted and loved. Koberger's public defender tells News Nation in mid-December Brian's dad drove back with him from Pullman, Washington to Monroe County, Pennsylvania in the white Hyundai Elantra police have been looking for. His attorney says Koberger is eager to be exonerated. I'm a reporter. Koberger's family did not answer when I went to their house where he was arrested, but released a statement through the public defender saying they're cooperating with law enforcement. And first and foremost, we care deeply for the four families who have lost their precious children. There are no words that can adequately express the sadness we feel, and we pray each day for them. We will continue to let the legal process unfold, and as a family, we will love and support our son and brother. Before moving to Washington State University to get his Ph.D., Koberger got his master's from DeSales University in Pennsylvania. So just kind of talk on that a little bit. Um, you know, this could be this is I mean, I, I couldn't I don't know if I could be in the courtroom facing the guy. Um if you know this happened to my daughter, I, I think uh, I'd have to be restrained. <laughs> Needless to say, um, another interesting thing that was stated on there was that you know apparently um, his dad went, uh, picked him up, and they drove across you know the state. There was some speculation if the father had known that. We have come to find out here recently that the father this trip was planned earlier in the year. The father was going to go and help him drive down to this home. By all indications, it doesn't seem like the family uh, was aware of what Brian had done. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, on that first? Do you think the, the family had any idea? It's a long trip. Apparently, he also got pulled over a couple of times uh, coming, you know, leaving um, Washington and going to to P.A., what are your thoughts on on that? Do you think the uh, the father had any indication? I mean, his son drove a vehicle that was very similar to what was described as uh, a vehicle, you know, that was requiring for some uh, question. What do you think, Kaiman? Yeah, uh, he probably didn't. Unfortunately for us parents, you know, I mean, like we don't we think the best of our kids sometimes. You know, we, we say they wouldn't be able to do that, but unfortunately, outside of our home, we don't know what they're doing. You know what I mean? Right. 
I don't think he knew. Um, maybe he probably noticed that he was acting a little bit weird. Maybe, but uh, I think that I think that would be probably it. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna address this real quick. Michael Mayo with the uh, two dollars super chat. We appreciate that very much. Thank you so much. He says Kaylee and Brian are rumored to have gone on a date. Um, you know, I've heard that. I haven't been able to validate it. I haven't been able to find anything that said that that was accurate. Um, you know, everything that I found says that her and Jack were talking throughout the three weeks that they were broken up and that the entire time, I think she spent one week as well with the family uh, or maybe even a little bit longer than a week. And that that entire time that they were out of, um, you know, gone, um, that Jack and, and her remain in contact. And so I'm not sure how much weight to put into that, but, you know, we appreciate it. Big Blue, Jaime, do you have any comments? Do you, did you hear this rumor as well? We'll start off with you, Anna. Uh, yeah, um, that and man, a lot of rumors actually um, yeah. through Reddit, mostly through Reddit. Uh, there's been mm -hmm. a lot of stuff circulating through there, but can't confirm any of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Big Blue? What do you think? Did you, did you hear that rumor? Did you find, supposedly, there was a uh, uh, an interview or something where, the, where Kaylee's mom mentioned that she went on a date with a guy and the guy called her the B word. Did you hear any of that? No, I, I didn't. Gotcha. I haven't heard of that one. Now I know that, that Brian prior to moving to Moscow uh, or the Moscow Pulam area, he uh, was at a brewery and where, where he was being um, uh, ungentlemanlike with the staff called one of the staff members uh, that word. And so, um, you know, I think maybe perhaps that story kind of bled in and mixed up with something maybe they thought they heard about Kaylee. But I do want to talk a couple of things first. Um, I'm going to pull this up real fast. This is the uh, a copy of or screenshot of the um, <clears throat> of the citation that Brian Koberger had received um, for not wearing his seatbelt. Um, he was driving a 2015 white Hyundai Elantra. Do you think that the police purposely put out their 2011 to 2013 Hyundai Elantra to maybe not alarm uh, um, Brian that they were on his trail? What do you think, Ivan? Mean? Uh, I don't know, man. From 2011 and all the way to 2015, they're almost basically the same car, besides the difference of the headlights and maybe the toilets. Yeah, they're up. They're they're upgraded. You can actually install like a 2015, 2016 Hyundai Elantra headlight onto a 2011 or whatnot. And it'll fit perfectly, and it'd be an updated look. What yeah. do you think, Blue? Do you think that they purposely because they were they had eyes on him? Apparently, they were watching him the entire time that he took off to Pennsylvania. Uh, I think they had an idea of who he was. I think they were waiting on on certain things to come back. What do you think about this situation here with the 2015? Do you think they were trying to not alarm him? Well, I mean, he knows he drives that kind of car, so he would have been alarmed that, hey, they might be on to me. But um, they probably, you know, when they say they kept putting out there that they don't know where it's at, they can't find it, maybe that was just to throw him off saying, hey, let's pretend that we don't know who he is yet and maybe he'll do something dumb and expose himself or something, you know? Because I think they were waiting on the DNA to make sure. That does right. take the time. For sure. Here's a, a car fax of the vehicle that he owned. One thing that I notice is November 18th, 
he changed the, uh, the the license plates to Washington license plates. Prior to that, as of 420-2022, it had Pennsylvania license plates. So you find the timing on him changing his license plates a little bit odd. That's like right afterwards. Yeah, it's suspicious. Man, I find that to be extremely suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you see that, um, that tells me like, like he planned for this to happen on that date and time. He knew that he was going to be changing his plate soon um, and changing his address. Uh, then again, this is a smaller community. You may not have to make an appointment for that type of thing there. And so he could have just decided, I'm going to go change my plates just in case somebody saw uh, the white car, perhaps. I'm not sure how how early in the investigation was it was it within a week uh, that they were looking for the white Elantra? I believe so, man. I believe so, so. If maybe perhaps he was afraid that maybe somebody saw the white Elantra, saw it had Pennsylvania tags, maybe not remember the tags themselves mm-hmm. and thought that he had to switch them out pretty soon. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. That's kind of you know getting into my mind. This is a knife that was purchased on Facebook. I found this on Facebook. So take this with a grain of salt. Uh, this was a knife that was supposedly purchased by Brian a couple of months earlier. It's a Spyderco Warrior. It's a $409 knife. This is a screenshot. See, this is the one thing that doesn't make sense to me. It was $400, paid $15 here, and then I believe there was a balance right there. Request $350 from Brian Coburg. And so you think this might be it? Let's start off with you, Big Blue. I don't know, man. Like, cause it'd be pretty crazy for that for him to have that kind of evidence traced to him off of Facebook. You know what I mean? Um, most of the time, if you buy stuff and you're, I would buy it like at a local shop, pawn shop. You know, it's not as easy to track. Pay cash yeah. and take your name down for half the stuff. Yeah, yeah. This is apparently, if this is accurate, this was purchased um, September twenty first, twenty twenty one. One thing that doesn't make sense to me is I believe he had mentioned something about uh, the guy showed up in in Pennsylvania plates. That's what sounds suspicious because this was a long time ago, and I'm not sure how long he owned the car. And I don't think he was in the Moscow, Washington area during um, prior to. August. And so September 21st, 2021 leads me to believe this is fake. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to tell you. Um, can I see that knife again, though? Well, sure, it sounds like what the, the coroner were saying. That the, the blade was serrated on one side, right? Yeah. Good Jake's deal, blade man. has a handle here. That way, if he... Uh, you know, prevent him from sliding his hand up. Apparently yeah. this... Not only that, has grip, has better grip on the handle, plus the, yeah. the guard. Right. The MSRP of $410 is pretty high, so that would be something that I would think would be high-grade quality, which mean it probably be able to be uh, sufficient enough to do the damage that was done, you know, go through... Yeah. I don't want to say this harsh, but, you know, four different people and, and not get dull, not break, not 
You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're looking at the chest area, as far as what the corner said, that's some tough area. You know, there's ribs and there's there's a rib cage and stuff like that. And so, you know, if you have a weaker knife, um, you know, if you're, you know, in the first in the first room and you know going through the first incident there, uh, there's a possibility that knife could break. And so you would have to have, a, you know, and I think that's why it was speculated that, um, what do you call it? Um, it was speculated that it's a military grade. Right. I just saw somebody say September 21st is after August, but this said September 21st, 2021, not 2022. And so, yeah, that's why I find it to be 2021 right here. And there's a super chat on there that we didn't see. It was oh, like yeah. Michael Mayo. Oh, Michael Mike goes 2,500 miles. How likely is it that they find the weapon? Now, it depends on if he kept it. You know, uh, I think this guy thought he was, uh, by all accounts of his personality, he wanted to seem like he was smarter than everybody. And so I don't, you know, I'm not entirely sure he thought that the, uh, uh, the police were on his trail. So he may have kept it. You know, and so the reason why I think this is now completely false or this whatever this 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 here, this was off of a Facebook is because this says September 21st, 2021. And the story was that um, the guy that sold him um, this um, weapon lived close to Washington or, or Moscow and had stated that he found it odd or whatever, that the guy traveled all the way from from pennsylvania right and and what they were trying to do is put two and two together and say um that it was the pennsylvania license plates that made him think that however this pay is from over a year ago and so i, I don't believe this to be accurate i think this is some more false information you know uh as far as how likely is they find the knife it's going to be very low the thing is apparently they were following him the entire trip and so if they were doing that, then um, they have an idea of where they stop, when they stop and things of that nature. Um, but I think that the um, there's a potential he kept the knife. What do you think? Do you think he got rid of the knife, Jaime? <sighs> it just depends, man. Like if he if he wanted to be uh, a serial uh, killer, uh, right. he would have kept it. Right. But if he was doing this just to to fulfill a fantasy that he had because of all the, you know, all the, he was infatuated with, you know, these kind of crimes. Right. He probably, he probably wouldn't. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, we have a $10 super chat. Thank you so much, Annette. We appreciate that. Uh, do you think he's been in the house in the past? Um, maybe. You know, I've... <sighs> So I was watching another show. Well, I was watching a couple of shows. And first, I want to say give a shout out because, you know, they shouted us out to um, Publicly Buzzed. Great show. I was uh, talking to them earlier on his live chat. Uh, great guys covering this case as well. Go check them out on YouTube. Um, somebody was saying that the DNA that they found, and this was rumor, and this is why I, I, I really try not to put a lot of stuff you know, into the 4chan and the Reddit stuff, because there was something that came out that the DNA was found in the bathtub, <laughs> right? That apparently he rinsed himself off or something like that. And he had rinsed himself off in the bathroom and that, and then somebody was mentioning that that would make sense because, 
there was rumors and speculation that the uh, bottom stairs um, surviving roommates had heard the water running at some point in the night. However, if the DNA that they found was in the drain, that really doesn't put him, um, you know, as the person that committed the crime, because as we saw from multiple body cam footage, there was a lot of people there. And if he ever washed his hands or whatever into that drain, it, 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 that doesn't make sense. It, anybody's, there would probably be tons of people of their DNA in that drain. Now, uh, in order to get an arrest or to use it, you know, they talked about bagging the hands, right? Early, early in this investigation, they brought that up. They highlighted that. It is, in my opinion, that is where the DNA came from. Um, as far as has he been in that house in the past, there's a possibility of it. Um, he had pinged several times, from what I understand. Uh, his cell phone has pinged several times near the vicinity of where the girls or the victims were uh, throughout you know, the past couple of weeks leading up to the incident. And so <clears throat> given how many people were there at certain, you know, at, at parties, it wouldn't surprise me if he just walked in at any time. You know, what do you guys think? Do you think he's ever been there, invited or not? Yeah, uh, like, like you said, the, the, the house was a party house. Uh, mm -hmm. There was people that they didn't even know the tenants there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it, it could be possible he was just walked in chilled out for a bit and then booked it you know what i mean um, but there's that there's that possibility you know yeah yeah exactly what about you big blue do you think he's ever been in that house before i it, it is a possibility man but i don't think so but like i said like i said it's a party house man sometimes random people show up to the parties i've been to random parties just because somebody said hey uh, there's a party tonight over here a buddy invited me let's go and you know we show up to some yeah. random house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if you're Mexicano, his, Hispanic, man. You just walk in and say, what's up, Jose? <laughs> you're good, exactly. man. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much, Michelle, for the four ninety nine super sticker. And thank you very much, Leticia. Thank you. We appreciate thank you, both thank of you. you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to talk about a little bit about Reddit and 4chan and stuff and Facebook. Uh, cause I got a lot of these, a lot of, you know, uh, emails and comments and you, and, um, nothing bad, but a lot of folks brought up a guy on Facebook named Papa Roger and they talked about him being possibly Brian. Right. And I think that one, you know, that's accusing somebody that could or could not be somebody they're not. And, well, this Papa Roger guy, and, and people are still talking about him. He had posted up on Facebook after the incident. He says, I'm angry that I can't even take a break without people talking smack about me. I was a fishing trip, about 32 pounds trout, which is a personal best. That's a pretty big trout. Must have been out on the coast. That's pretty nice, man. Right. Le oh, leave me alone, please. I'm safe and well, just need some time out. It's been very stressful past day or two. So. Here's the thing about that. I'll get into it. I don't know. I've never been stressed out fishing, but uh, I don't know what this guy's going on in his life. I personally saw when this post went up. Some people said it's a fake account. Some people said some other stuff. But I saw when this account came up and then when he deactivated his account, this uh, this post went away as well. And so this guy is not Brian. Um, this is a guy that's just talking 
and also, um, you know, just putting in his two cents. But I did notice he did put a um, a layout, or and I found this on on Facebook. He had put a layout of the um, of the house, right? And so, what we could see in this house is this is the uh, second floor, right? And he put a layout. This is from that Papa Rogers guy. He put a picture out there. I don't know what these cameras are referencing. Um, I don't. I don't understand what he put those for. But I take that out of context. So if the entrance, if Brian entered this floor, right, um, there's a couple of couple of um, couple ways he could have done so, right? A lot of folks are saying that is the rear sliding door. It could have been a window here. There's a window here, and there's a window into this vacant bedroom. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's one off the ledge. This one right here doesn't have access to get into. There's been some question that if he entered any of these entrances here, why would he go into Zanna and Ethan's room if they weren't a target as well? Um, what are your thoughts? Because he could have just easily gone up to the stairs here, there, and gone onto the third floor. We'll start off with you, Jaime. What do you think? Well, do you have any uh, um, theories as to why he would do that? Um my theory's gonna be the same as the last time, man. Um, I don't think he. I believe he went through that window and encountered uh, Zana Ethan. Um, if he if he did go through the sliding door, he would have gone. And if he knew where the layout was and where the girls were, then he would just uh-huh. walk to the third floor and, and and do the cram up. That you know, what I mean, up there, I don't think he would go to Zana's and Ethan's room after that. Right. What about you, Big Blue? What are you thinking? Do you think that there's a reason for him to go into Ethan and Zana's room if he entered into, you know, if he entered from any of these entrances where the staircase is to go up to the third floor? Man, I think it's it was just sheer, like, bad luck. Maybe he was looking for one person, but it was dark. And, I mean, you walk into a dark room, you, you don't know who's there. Unless he walked in with night vision and knowing where they live, but I doubt he walked in with that. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was looking for the one person. He just went to every unlocked door until he found the right person. That's true too. I mean, he didn't go down to the first floor. Um, see, here's here's my thing. You know, and I brought this up earlier about the uh, about the um, the vegan uh, Mad Greek where Maddie and 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 Zana worked at, right? So they both worked at this place where if you were to look it up on uh, on Google, you know, a vegan restaurant, it, it would be one that populated. Now, you know, a lot of folks said, well, if he didn't eat off the pans from his parents or his aunt's house, he wouldn't go there and eat. And I understand that. But there's probably certain dishes that don't, you know, require anything being cooked like a salad or something of that nature. Right. Um, and also, he may have gone there for a drink or or something else other than a meal. However, you know, he may have gone there because he Google searched vegan restaurant. You know, he'd only lived in Moscow or in Pulham, I'm sorry, uh, and the Moscow area, been in that area for about 10 weeks prior to the incident, right? Um, You know, could that be, so could he going into Zana's room be because it was purposely intended? He'd been stalking her as well. What do you think, Big Blue? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 see, that's the thing. I, I think he was just 
trying to, uh, he didn't know who probably, I don't know. My theory is he probably didn't know them. That's mm-hmm. my theory. He probably well, went in there to, but the thing is, like, he had to have been upset with them for some reason to kill them because he passed by a ton of apartments and a ton of houses just to get to that one. So there has to be a reason why he specifically targeted them. Right. Well, in, in my opinion, um, you know, I think that I think there might be more to it. I think there was more than just one target. I think that it wasn't just Kaylee, per se. I think he may have um, saw somebody who resembled Kaylee that, you know, had a uh, that he had a relationship with at a certain time. And I'll, and I'll show you what I found on that. Um, but what about you, Jaime? Do you you don't think that perhaps you know him going to the uh, vegan restaurant um, potentially, and maybe perhaps running into uh, Zana and Maddie working there? Um, I believe Kaylee was you know used to go there quite a bit. Maybe that's how he found him. I mean that's 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 what I thought. That's what I put out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's a uh, a vegan uh, going to a restaurant that's probably listed the top vegan place. Once you put it in Google, might be somewhere that he would he would show up to. And then at that point, maybe perhaps there was two targets there. What do you think? No, um, that could be a possibility. I mean, you you, you know he probably saw them and. You know, got obsessed, obsessed with them. There's people that get obsessed with celebrities. You know how that goes. Mm-hmm. They try to do whatever they can to get a, to get with them and whatnot. Even to the point of a, you know, st- uh, stalking and you know, to the point of kidnapping too. Right. No. Yeah. For sure. Now this is like one of, um, this is one of Madison's friends who's going to be uh, who talked to the news referencing the uh, the door and the lock situation for the front of the house. Let's listen to what she had to say real quick. Madison, tell me a little bit about your relationship to some of these individuals and, and when's the last time that you were in that house? Um, I don't recall the last time I was in that house. Um, I was very close with Zana and Ethan. Um, it was Zana's home. And she was just the most welcoming and kind person that I'd ever known. Um, a lot of people came in and out of that house just because of how kind all four of them were um, and welcoming to have visitors and guests over all the time. Um, can, can you explain how you know how you would enter the house when you went there? Did you go through this sliding door that we're hearing about? Or did you have to use a code to enter the house to visit uh, Zana or Zana and Ethan? Um, There were two points of entry to the house. Um, Most frequently people used the door that was located on the basement and then you took a set of stairs to get to the main floor. And was it your experience that you would, um, that you knew the code or that people knew the code or was it, you know, did you have to use the code to enter the house? Um, When I would go there, the the code wouldn't be activated. So um, we could just open the door and get in. So she said that the code wouldn't be activated. You could just open the door and go in. But that was while there was a party going on. That's while people weren't asleep. That's when there was, you know, those type of situations going in. Um, I had a comment that I saw here that popped up that I kind of want to talk about. Um, Where is it? 
All right. Somebody said that he and by he, Brian, um, I guess Ethan may have heard a scream and um, he walked up the stairs or something of that nature. And that's where he con you know, made contact with. Him. I want to talk about that real quick, because I talked about that in my <clears throat> in, in my video yesterday about my theory as to how this situation had occurred. Uh, let me bring up this this picture here. And so if you go and look at the police report in the presser, when it speaks about the 911 phone call, it doesn't it doesn't say that the unconscious person that they were referencing was one of the roommates or one of the friends or anybody in that situation. It stated that they were going because there was uh, an unconscious male who was one of the second victims uh, on the second floor, uh, meaning it was either Xana or Ethan. Right. Um that's the first thing. It, it, it doesn't say any, you know, there's nothing about somebody running out and, and passing out or any of those things. You know what? Let me let me just pull it up so we can read it together. Give me a second. <clears throat> and then we'll, we'll, we'll try to break it down. At the same time. Let's see. Let me just share what I'm doing. All right, let's go to is it, it was we'll go to this one because the newer ones don't have the phone call situation. All right. Okay, there have been numerous calls this time. All right. Huh? Did somebody put on on Monday night football tonight? It was a bad hit. The player guys taken out by EMS. Oh, geez, that's scary. Supposedly they're doing CPR and I didn't see that car. I saw a smoke. I mean, he got hit pretty hard. He got up. Who? Blacked out. On which team? The Bills. Oh, geez, that's scary. I mean, it doesn't matter which team. The EMS. All right, all right. Well, we'll talk about that here in a little bit. Uh, all right, let's read this real quick. On November 13th, um, it says here, on November 13th, the surviving roommate summoned friends to the residence because they believed one of the second floor victims had passed out and was not waking up. So right there, this says that the uh, the surviving roommates um, had believed that one of the second floor victims had passed out and wasn't waking up. There's nothing here about, um, you know, somebody else passing out or any of those things, right? This is the person that passed out, the person that was unconscious, the person as far as the reason why the call was made was because they felt that somebody on the second floor had been passed out and they weren't waking up. Now, the, the scene has been described as gruesome, messy, sloppy, uh, the whole nine yards. So this doesn't say that they were unconscious. This doesn't say it's not the unconscious person. This is passed out. And so given that context there and they called their friends right to aid them now. Um, a week before the incident had occurred, uh, Zana's dad had gone and fixed the locks. Now, whether the locks on her door or whether the locks in the front door, that's uncertain. But let's just say we could assume that perhaps maybe it was a lock on her door. Right. Um, you know, let's go back to this picture real quick. Where is it at? So right here. <clears throat> 
unconscious person passed out. Now, if you go back and you listen to what the coroner had stated, the coroner stated that uh, these individuals were attacked while they were sleeping, right? Uh, not while somebody was walking out, not while somebody was checking the doors or, or outside of the bedroom. If you were sleeping, one would assume that you're in bed, right? So they were attacked in bed. Uh, in my opinion, and this is just purely all speculation here, if you're going to go into this room and you have two people that you're going to be attacking, you're probably going to attack the first one that is um, the biggest threat, so to speak, right? That would be Ethan, right? Now, I'm speculating that the bed is facing this direction and that uh, the uh, Brian came in, came around this side, attacked Ethan, pulled him off the bed, jumped on the bed, did what he did over here to, with Xana, and then left. And as he exited out the room, he locked the door behind him. Now, my speculation is that Ethan, because he's the larger guy also, uh, would have a little bit more, probably more blood and would be, um, you know, would be the reason why the blood trails coming outside here. He's probably, in my opinion, on the floor facing the wall. Now, this is an older house, right? This is an older home. Um, you've seen, I've seen the inside, I've seen pictures, they've renovated this home. In my opinion, when you look at houses that were developed or built, um, you know, as old as they are, they probably had carpet at one point, right? Um, if they had carpet, um, and they replaced it with laminate tile, there's going to be a significant space between the bottom of your door frame and the floor to the point where if these two roommates were trying to make entry and they couldn't, Perhaps maybe they look underneath, they see somebody laying on the ground. They don't, he's facing the wall, so they don't see, um, they don't see uh, the blood coming out. And, um, one second, they don't see the blood out there. So they describe him as, um, as just being passed out unconscious. They call the friends, they call them over to try to help them get in the door. They can't get in, they call the police, police show up, then they discover the scene. That makes way more sense than all this other stuff about him hearing a scream, him going out, him walking out, hearing something. None of that stuff has ever been released or spec that's all been speculated on Reddit and 4chan and, and Facebook. From what the police have stated, that is not the situation. And from what the coroner has stated, that wasn't the situation. So I hope that makes a little bit of sense. And so as far as why he didn't have to go upstairs, um, that being explained, is according to Steve, um, the police explained to him that the entry point was on the second floor. And so um, if he entered, you know, the backsliding door, the window here, the window there, this window here, uh, and the target, or it doesn't matter where, if the target was on the second floor and he entered anywhere else, and he did what he had to do. He wouldn't need to climb up to the third floor. And so in my opinion, what he's saying is that one of the targets was on the third floor. What, what, what do you guys think about my theory here? Uh, poke holes if you can or if you want. Uh, I want to have a discussion on this as far as, um, you know, where he was, why they think he was passed out. Uh, the whole nine yards of, you know, what we've seen and read from news reports from the coroner from the police pre press presser say something completely different. What do you think? Oh, 
What's that? Oh, sorry, echo. All right, there you go. I, I forgot to mute that. Let's see. Oh, there you go. Works. Uh, yeah, man. Like, I I believe the first victims were uh, Zana and Ethan, um, and from them, I think it was Ethan first that they got attacked, and then he went upstairs to the third floor. But um, even but like even like you said. Uh, through Reddit, there's been a lot of a lot of uh, false information um, about the hallway, about finding Ethan in the hallway. I haven't. I, I, nobody's confirmed that yet. Right. Um, also, the coroner said that they were attacked when they were asleep, but they didn't say that they were unalive when they were in their sleep. Right. Right, but they also stated that the uh, that there was one lethal. Uh, puncture. Now, there was several uh, attacks, but only one that was lethal. Um, my thing is, if 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 it was Ethan, right? Uh, there's been a lot of speculation that it was Ethan, whether he was in the hallway or there he's on the stairs, whatever the case may be. Yeah. If he was if he was attacked in bed, probably the first one to be attacked while he's asleep, possibly under the influence of alcohol. Uh, you know, and Blue, you might be able to answer this one a little bit better. Um, you know, if he had a fatal puncture wound to the chest, is he able to get up and crawl to to the hallway or to the stairs if it happened in his sleep in the bed initially? Yeah, man, you got a few few seconds before you bleed out. You know, right? And and I'm I'm certain you're probably uh, you know once you start bleeding, you you don't have the strength to you know, stand up and walk out, even even if you had a few minutes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, in my opinion, they were all in their room. Now, what would make you think, based on the description, that it was sloppy, it was messy, it was the whole nine yards, what would make somebody think that the person uh, was just passed out? I mean, I would assume that if they had a, a lethal puncture wound mm-hmm. to the chest, that there would be significant amount of blood around. Yeah. And so, in my opinion, it have to be because they couldn't see it. Yeah. What do you? Yeah, I, I feel the same way, man. I feel like the door was locked. They couldn't get a hold of them, um, and uh, they called nine one one. Right. Exactly. Uh, because if I feel like if he was at the in the hall, like you said, with uh, several wounds to himself to his chest, right, and there'll be there'll be blood everywhere man there'll be exactly exactly and so for me and my my situation is um or my my uh based on what i see here is that it's it has to be something similar to this maybe perhaps somebody's blocking the door and they can you know they can't get in or something of that nature but uh, based on the 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 red substance that's you know, coming through the outside, that leads me to believe that somebody passed right there and bled in that direction, right? Now, I would assume it would be probably the person that was larger to to bleed that large amount so that it would seep through the wall and onto the concrete foundation. That's just my assumption. Uh, Just going to go through the chat real quick, make sure I didn't miss any supers or anything. All right. Um, let's see. 
So my theory, one theory that I, that I thought at first was when when this first started was because he said he locked the door behind them on the way out of the top floor, right, out of the third right. floor. So maybe they were his intentional targets first, and then on, on his way out, maybe they, this, uh, Ethan and Anna woke up because remember they said that possibly he was laying in the hallway, possibly. So maybe. Right. They heard something, and they came out to check, and he attacked them there. And maybe he fell in a certain way where you can't see the blood when you're coming up the stairs, but there's somebody passed out on the floor there in the hallway. Right. And I've been to a lot of to a lot of parties, and I've seen drunks passed out in the yard, on 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 the you know couches, and you don't know they threw up until you flip them over and say, "Hey, you okay?" And they throw up everywhere. You're like. I didn't mm-hmm. want to see that, you know, because it wasn't on the other side. Right. I mean, that could have happened, and then it was unresponsive, and then when they finally flipped him over, you know, maybe they saw the blood. Right, but, I mean, you you, you would shake him before you called 911. Yeah. Right? You, you, would, you would try to wake him up first, see if they become responsive, and in that shaking moment, before you contacted the police or emergency services, you would have seen the situation. And the call would have came in as a person with an injury, with wounds, you know, not an unconscious, passed out person. You get what I'm saying? So for me, it has to be somebody that they were able to see partially, but not physically check on or make contact with. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the only based on the description from the police report. That's the only thing that makes sense to me is they could see. But or, or or they knew that they were in a room and they couldn't get them to to talk back. Now, I would assume that it was a visual thing because, you know, maybe they went on a walk or something and they left. Right. Yeah. Left their phones behind. Why would you think that they're passed out if the door was locked and you couldn't make entry? So my my answer to that question is that they may have looked underneath that door, see if they were in there and saw one of them potentially then face down against the wall they're facing away from uh away from the door and so you couldn't see anything from that angle and so yeah. that's that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm going with it that's based on what I can see from, uh, I, had a, from here. I had a question um okay if Ethan was in the hall and at, they turn him around and he's you can see the wounds and they call out one and they said hey my friend's been is bleeding or stabbed or whatever. Would they still they, would they they put it as an unconscious person or would they actually put that he has wounds to bleeding for the chest or whatever? Um, the call would come out as a person that has sustained an injury of some sort. So you know, if it was a, um, um, it would be a uh, unconscious person with wounds to the chest. Ambulances the trauma. Also, it, it, yeah, it would have trauma, but. What this says here is they believed one of the second floor victims had passed out. Like, that's all you have to see in this situation right here. Like, out of this entire paragraph is that this is also from one of the surviving roommates' friends who called 911. So uh, they believed one of the second floor victims had passed out. So the roommates weren't on the second floor. They, were on the, they, they stayed on the first floor. The second floor victims that they're referring to is Zan and Ethan. 
Yeah. Well, what what about this theory? Um, what about the door was locked? They were knocking. They couldn't get in there. They weren't responding. And then one of the friends actually used that ladder to get out on the ledge, and they could see through the window and, and trying to get their attention, and they still wouldn't. That's possible. That's possible, and that would explain the dirt, and that would explain um, that why would... it looks and it appears that somebody was up there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if they were able to look in and 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 see a little bit, but yeah. but what? But my theory is is that this says one of the second floor victims, and so not both. So if they were able to see in there one from the window. Maybe maybe they can't tell that there's a bunch of blood everywhere. Uh, but why only say one? One of the second floor victims. And that leads me to believe it's because the Brian, when he attacked probably Ethan first, he pulled him off the bed. He fell onto the floor and you were able to see him underneath the door frame. Could be. You know what I'm saying? Because in my opinion, if, if it happened in, in the bed on both sides uh, and they were still in bed together, it would be both of the second floor victims. I just don't understand why it says one of the second floor victims. Do you think they'll release the name of one call anytime soon? I think they will. And I think that the reason why they haven't done so yet is because there's probably something like this, right? Where we couldn't get into the bedroom and we can see through underneath the bottom there that uh, somebody's on the ground, right? Well, that would that would indicate that that bedroom was locked as the perpetrator left the room. That's mm-hmm. something that only uh, Brian or the killer, because allegedly everybody's innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. That's only something that they would know themselves only, right? Like because that hasn't been you know put out there, and also they haven't released the nine one one tape. If they release the nine one one tape, then that automatically says that. Uh, you know, that says that he locked the door behind him and anybody could come in and say, hey, you know, I committed this. It was with a knife and I locked the door behind me. And, um, you know, they would be, you know, right on a bunch of points there. And so I think that's why they haven't released it. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think releasing that would answer a lot of questions. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. especially, like we said earlier, the, uh, all this information coming through through Reddit. And, other, and if they release it, it'll confirm a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And appreciate that nine millimeter. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think you're right. And once and once we once they get back from uh, Pennsylvania and they extradite him into Idaho and they release the probable cause affidavit, that's going to tell us so much information. We're going to be able to find out what what led them to believe he was involved, what led the white car, what DNA was found and how they found it, things of that nature, because it has to have enough evidence to put him in jail. It's not going to have all the, not everything's going to be out there. For instance, mm-hmm. you know, um, his, you know, they're going to keep a lot of it to, you know, close, but there's going to be a big summary referencing it. What's yeah. it oh, go ahead, Blue, go ahead. I said, yeah, the probable cause is going to give us more answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe tomorrow we, we might get some of that. Yeah. What's it called? Also, like, you would think um, if he is the person who did this, um, you would think he would do it in Pennsylvania where they don't have a death penalty. Maybe. I mean, 
I, I'm curious as to why he went to Washington. Like he was, he was already, you know, in was it DeSales University under um, speaking with one of the professors. He was under the wings of one of the professors who worked with the BTK, who had close ties to serial, you know, SKs, and you know him to go across country. I wonder why. I, I, if I was the police department, I'd be looking into any unsolved situations that occurred near and around where he was at previously. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, do, do you think this is his first time? I don't. I, don't, I, think, I think probably going to be um, Maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to cut you off there, Blue. No, it's okay. It's okay. I was done. Yeah, what do you think, Jaime? Do you think you think is a first timer? Um, I believe so. I believe so. Um, if like we said earlier, if, he, if it is him, uh, I believe that he would have done it again if, if he wasn't, you know, caught. Right. I, I feel like it's like a, you know, like a thrill for him. No, I agree. I agree one hundred percent. You know, and I think that. This guy was only in this area for 10 weeks. You know, uh, that to me tells me. I mean, that, that speaks volumes. He wasn't there very long. I wonder if he had some type of communication or if he had already uh, thought about doing this and to whom and picked these folks out, whether it was off of their social media presence. Yeah. You know, one thing that I noticed about these you know the victims here was that we were able to pull out a lot of information friends family uh, pictures of them because they kept their stuff public if it wasn't it wasn't very difficult to find the door the the floor plan of their house what the interior of their house looks like um you know those type of things but thank you so much aaron um those type of things and so <clears throat> the question comes up why what's the motive you know, some folks are pointing out that, you know, he, he was trying to be the next BTK. Uh, some folks are thinking maybe he's just socially awkward. And uh, some people think that he was just trying to commit the perfect crime, which I think that, you know, his statement of him saying, um, you know, he's eager to go back and become exonerated. Uh, that tells me a couple of things. Right. I think this guy uh, understands the process. Uh, of litigation. He understands the process of a crime scene and how it's worked. He understands what police officers are looking for and detectives are wanting and, and, and how they do things. I wouldn't be surprised if this guy planted some stuff just to throw things off. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah, I think, I think even with this, you know, they were saying that he asked if any other person was arrested, right? Right. Uh, I think he, that's like a little, like a Easter egg, you know, just like to throw a little bit more speculation that there's more involved. And so, somebody asked a little while ago why, um, why Washington? It could have been because he was trying to get his PhD, right? And right. only certain colleges have those PhD classes, and they accept so many people to certain ones. I remember a friend of mine who was trying to get a PhD. Couldn't get into any of the, the schools here in San Antonio because they were full. So he ended up having to go to Baylor to get his PhD. Um, 
because they had an opening and he got, he was accepted. So that could be one of the reasons why he traveled so far from home. Yeah, that, that, that could be it. That could be it, that that was one of the few places he could be accepted in. Um, you know, I just, I, I feel there's got to be a little bit more to it because I think that he could got, I, from all accounts, he was very intelligent, at least book smart. Um, you would think that he'd be accepted in a few different places and closer to home. Uh, but <clears throat> here's some other interesting stuff that I had found. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share this with you guys. This is off of uh, somebody's Facebook. I'm not going to put out who they are or or their names. I, um, I'm trying to reach out to them to see if they want to come on the show and talk about their experience with Brian. So, you know, ch- click that like and subscribe button. So that way, when they do come on, uh, you're 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 aware of that. What's up, Jaime? Oh, it just, uh, uh, you know, it's weird because Brian is 28 years old, right? Correct. And Dennis Rader was 29. Bundy was also 28 years old when they started. Just that's when that's what that's how old they were when they started. When they started, when they got their first kill. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, this guy's maybe he's just following in there. You know, he's idolizing these folks. You know, there was one thing that I had told you that this guy had reminded me of. He mm-hmm. reminded me of the of. Um, was it Mark Tidwell or something like that? Yeah. Uh, the filmmaker who wanted to film about somebody, you know, close to like the Dexter type of films and went a little too far. He he actually filmed a an actual murder. Yeah. Uh, you know, he also, Mr. Brooks is a movie that I saw that he kind of reminds me of a little bit or that he could have become, so to speak. Mm-hmm. We got a uh, $5 super chat saying maybe he uh, killed someone O-W-L-M-P-A and was running from it. That's possible. Someone. That's possible. Yeah, yeah. Someone. There you go, yeah. Yeah, he was, maybe he did something to someone in PA and that he was running from it. Yeah, that's quite possible. Um, let's look at these pictures, right? So this is from a female who was friends with him. Uh, it says in the caption, and I've removed her name, this is crazy, really sad, and honestly, really, and I were friends with Brian until he started doing things that were way beyond underage drinking and having normal team fun. Sucks for everyone. I do hope justice served. No doubt, I, but I do wish it would have ended differently. And so she posted up a couple of pictures with him. And one thing I kind of noticed, man, doesn't she kind of kind of look like Kaylee a little bit? Um, somewhat, yeah. Yeah. If, you know, I thought maybe perhaps, you know, maybe he saw Kaylee resembled his friend. Mm-hmm. You know, that could have. Could be. I mean, Bundy did that. Really? He target, he would target women that looked like one of us ex-girlfriends. Yeah. 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 You know, that's. See, I saw this picture and I was like, man, this this girl resembles Kaylee quite a bit at this time. You know, this was taken a few years ago, uh, probably around the time where, you know, in high school, underage drinking, 18, 19 years old. Uh, it's not too far from 2021. And so maybe maybe he saw the resemblance as well. Uh, T-Boss says another 199 Super Chat. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you. Thank you. 
Yeah, Bundy targeted brunettes, but what we're saying is that he was targeting somebody that he was uh, familiar with. Yep. I think I think you're on to it. Yep, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of them. Ed Kemper used to target uh, co-eds. Not, he would take his frustration out because of his domineering mother on co-eds. Got so, you. Well, that um, makes BT, sense. BTK, his first prime was four people. Uh, it was a uh, mom, dad, son, and daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he didn't use a knife. Well, well he did at some points, but it, it, mostly it was uh, strangulation. Right. Oh, thank you. We got a – I just seen this real quick. I got to bring this up. Thank you so much, Mel Mel, with the $20 super, super chat. If you have a question, we'll thank see you. it. We'll put it up. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mel Mel. That's very generous. Thank you. So this is a aerial footage from the house. And this is, you know, some people were asking about what we were talking about as far as the ledge. Um, you know, you mentioned that perhaps somebody could have tried to look in here. And uh, maybe that's why somebody climbed up here. You know, um, if you haven't seen this before, well, man, I went one too far. If you haven't seen this before. We found this to be odd. This ladder, you know, in, in the uh, in the body cam footage was seen laying on the floor. We see it laying here. Um, you know, this looks like it's very clean there. This is super clean. You look at where this part is cleaned here. That's from overage and the water dripping here and puddling up. You can see a defined darkness on either side. And that's because the water buildup pushes the, the dirt to the side. And there's that defined line over here. You have a fade that fade means that something rubbed across it. That's completely different. And so something either slid off or on, you have um, you have this line relatively kind of close to the the the, uh, the edge of the ledge. And however, this one over here is way up close to the wall there. You have it very clean here. In fact, on the, um, in the chat says that girl, picture you put up looks like somebody that's missing in Pennsylvania. Oh, get you. Look into that. We'll have to look into it because if somebody is missing that looks like her too, then that also adds to the possible speculation that if this guy, Brian, was involved, and this is all allegedly that he might be targeting people that look familiar to him. And so, um, yeah, this right here had been something that was, was, uh, that caught my eye when we were looking at this picture from this angle. And so, but you, you're absolutely right when you brought it up. Perhaps maybe the uh, one of the uh, friends of the surviving roommates jumped up there to try to see if it was unlocked. Mm-hmm. If they could see, and they could see something, maybe they could see through the blinds. That would explain it. That would that would definitely explain it. I appreciate yeah, that. Definitely. Thank you, Mel Mel, for another twenty dollars super chat. We truly you, appreciate you. that. Thank you. What's it called? Um, there was a chat on here too that said if. If BTK would tie their their victims, and yeah, he would. Uh, hence, bang torturing, and yeah, the K, oh, the K word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that and was, we, you uh, know, we we say the uh, motorcycle. Go ahead, Hyman. That was his motorcycle. Like that was his mo. Like the he had his own kit and everything. Not not to mention he also almost like like Brian. Um, Brian was a security guard. Um, BTK was, uh, he would install alarms for people. Right. That's why they, he knew the layout of the certain homes that he would target. 
and the people's uh, schedules and you know what you know like because it will take like a day a whole day just to be there too yeah so yeah. Like, there's 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 a lot of there's similarities and and i almost kind of the more i think about it like it's it seemed like almost a copycat it kind of does right i'm not even i'm not even i was like looking at the like man whoa like 28 um btk was 29 first first crimes were four people four victims i mean the, the only difference was knife the other one suffocation but use a knife to to um you know to keep everybody at bay you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Big Big Blue's got to go to work, so he's gonna bounce out real quick. Thank you, Blue, Better, for joining the joining the stream. Yeah, um, but yeah, man, there's similarities there between between them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Catherine puts out here, truth and transparency posted a missing missing woman in PA. We'll check that out and see if there's any comparison there. Uh, yeah, man. You know, as you as you bring it up and you talk about it, I'm like. Yeah, and the crazy thing is that he he was he went to school with the professor who his professor was person that helped you know had a lot of time with him studied yeah. him mm-hmm. uh, did his autobiography yeah uh, I find that to be very compelling in my opinion a little bit yeah I don't believe that. in coincidences you know what I'm saying yeah maybe he had an infatuation with with BTK I mean the only the only difference is BTK got caught. But twenty something years after his first, uh, you know, uh, crime, uh, we got caught in two thousand five. He started in seventy four. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that's the only difference. Like this guy took so long for them to to catch him, and they caught him because of his stupidity. So I am. Uh, well, how'd they catch him? Just in case anybody doesn't know. Oh well, he went a couple of years inactive. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe like seven years and uh, uh a newspaper came out and said oh like they 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 told the stories about the 70s and the the those crimes that he committed and the something the newspaper said like oh he's long gone he probably passed away already and he responded to that news outlet and told them that he was alive and well and started mocking them and started um sending more um letters with information and i believe the last time that he sent he asked if he asked the newspaper or because they were working with the police right at the time if mm-hmm. they can trace a floppy disk and they told him no right they told him no so his next letter was through floppy disk and they traced that floppy disk back to his church dang and then they also had dna to to match up with this his daughter ended up getting a pep smear and they got dna through, through her to to connect him to the other the crimes from the 70s and 80s dang man mm-hmm. and so you know his interaction with the media ended up you know getting him in trouble yeah. there's been there's been some supposed interaction between brian and a podcaster uh that i want to bring up yeah. You know, now that you mentioned this, you know, because here's here's my thing. You know, I was looking at this case and I wasn't putting any dots together. Right. About BTK, other than the fact that, you know, he went to the school where the professor who you know studied him for five years mm-hmm. was at. And 
you know, I was looking at him as far as what his education is, what his knowledge in, in criminology could be or should be. Mm. And, you know, I thought that, you know, there's some there are, there's a few things that, you know, are some tall tales. Right. You know, changing behavior, for instance, if he didn't show up to school to work, you know, he, he took off and split right away. Right. That would have been a huge clue. He didn't mm-hmm. do that. He went, he stayed in, you know, putting yourself at the scene, going back and, and revisiting the scene is another one. There's been some speculation that he's driven by, but, you know, it's very difficult to see that those cars that have been passing by in the background of news media footage, if it's really him or not. Right. And so my opinion, if, you know, this guy was very knowledgeable and invested in criminology, then he, he would understand that that's one thing you don't do. Another thing is insert yourself into the crime, right? Whether you want to become part of a search party, you go to the police and say you're a witness of some kind, similar to Richard Allen, things of that nature, right? And so I thought for certain that, you know, this guy, given his education and his knowledge in the field, that he wouldn't you know, do those things that were obvious tall tale signs that you're involved. And so I thought that he wouldn't be going on Reddit or going on things, trying to uh, manipulate that, especially given the fact that he's educated, he's in college. So he probably understands, um, you know, how things work through the internet as far as how you can be traced and things of that nature. And so Mm -hmm. I felt he would stay away, but you know, if BTK was out there trying to play with the media and do that, perhaps mm-hmm. maybe if Brian was following in his footsteps, he would do the same. Yeah. Uh, I want to hear this phone. No, go ahead. What is your I question? Oh, uh, no, it's just uh, now how technology has advanced. It's much easier to, 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 you know, find out things about people. You know what I mean? And it's also easier to get caught. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, back in the day with BTK, I mean, they don't have no internet, you know, that's why it took, like, there was no digital uh, footprint, you know what I mean? Right. No digital evidence. It was all personal uh, stalking and, 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 and scoping out everything that the schedule they had and everything of the, of the victims. He called them projects because he had different projects for each um, crime. You see, and even even at that projects and scientific projects and things of that nature, this guy was studying this field of criminology and and psychology of the criminal mind. He put out a survey with ex-cons and a lot of that survey. And when we went through it, uh, you can find it after the show um, in the uh, playlist under Idaho Four. you'll see that we went through the um, the questionnaire that he was putting out to ex-cons. And a lot of it was thoughts and feelings during the commission of a crime. How did you choose your target? When did you choose? What were you thinking? What were you thinking when you and feeling when you left? How did you make entry? I mean, it was very detailed. And of course, those are things that you would expect a forensic, uh, not a forensic, a uh, a psychological PhD major to be studying for in the criminal mind to understand the criminal mind. Right. Mm -hmm. So I understand that aspect of it. but at the same time, you know, that was what his field was. We talked about the fact that uh, one of his um, it was is reported that his dissertation on what uh, he hadn't come up with a topic for his dissertation in some sick mind, man, this could have been what he was trying to do is is you know, figure out what it was to go yeah. through the process of this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, on another note. Uh, if y'all are interested in, in, in like 
serial killers and cases like this, especially from Quantico and profilers, there's a there's a, a series called Mindhunter. It's only two seasons long. Unfortunately, they canceled it, even though it was a real good uh, series. Um, right. it's, a, it's a series by, by David Fincher. Um, so it's really good. I recommend it. Um, you should check it out. It's on, I believe it's on Netflix, which we're not sponsored by. No, we're not. No, we're yet. not. Yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. Um, oh, man. Yeah. The game is on pause. I, I just had to check that out real quick. Apparently, there's been a significant injury. All right. So let's um, let's look at let's hear this real quick and let's break it down. We'll listen to it a little bit. Apparently, Casey, uh, the lady who we um, we had a TikTok video that she was friends with Brian. She said it sounds like him. She also stated that other people that know him said that it, the voice is similar, but the manner and rhythm in which he talks isn't the same. Let's listen to what he's saying. Let's listen if we can catch on to anything that maybe perhaps. Um, isn't said right. This is from the YouTuber T Rev, who's a uh, guy that we've seen before. Shout out to you! Make sure you go like and subscribe him. So let's uh, unmute this and then I'll mute. Hey, what's up, Dave? You live? Hey, what's up, man? Is this T Rev? Yes, sir. What's going on? Not much, man. I just I found you today. I I watched your live earlier this afternoon and been watching. Uh, this one, and I, uh, the thing that, that strikes me kind of weird about all this is that I live in a college town, and I've worked with, uh, probably at least 10 Sigma Chi members, and, you know, the one thing that every single one of them, I, I, I feel like has asked me is, if you were going to kill somebody, how would you get away with it? And I just wonder if maybe, if maybe this is nothing more than some kid in a fraternity trying to prove himself. So first thing I notice about the call is the guy goes right into it. He's like, hey, how's it going? Um, I've worked in, you know, with Sigma Chi. And one thing they always ask me is, if you were going to do this, how would you get away with it? That's that's a, that's, that's a crazy way to enter into the phone call, don't you think? Yeah. Um, I noticed that there's no there's no like ease into it. None of those things. It's, you know, pointing the finger at Sigma Chi and fraternities and fraternity style or lifestyle, so to speak, mm -hmm. is where this call is going to. Uh, I don't know. I mean. Given the guy's education, it just seems like I don't know. It seems weird. Let's let's we'll listen on. We'll listen on. What do you think first and foremost about that first minute? Oh man, it's hard to say, man. Uh, there's people out there taking credit for crimes that they never committed. I don't know why. So this could yeah. be someone else calling in. I'm not really sure, uh, especially because we don't know what Brian himself um, sounds like. You know. Right. Apparently, there's a uh, he was pulled over by Moscow Police Department for that seatbelt infraction. Yeah. Uh, there's been a uh, inquiry, I believe, by JLR Jonathan Lee Richards investigates. He's oh. um, put an inquiry to get the uh, the audio, Perfect. Oh. and I'm uh, not the audio, the uh, body cam footage. footage. So we'll be able to listen to what he sounds like once that that gets put up there. And I guarantee you, shows across the board are going to be comparing the voices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's let's play this again. 
that was it. So you said some, you worked with five or six Sigma Chi kids, and they asked you how if you can kill somebody, they can get away with it. Yeah. Did I hear that right? Yeah. Oh and my god! I know that's a thing that just like maybe people say, trying to like have interesting conversation, but like just in my head, it's like this is it's always been these these dudes that were in in the fraternity. Hmm. And and so it makes me wonder if it's a thing that that's in their in their like culture that they ask to see how smart you are and whatever and what kind of answer you come up with and someone took it too far. Oh, uh, who uh, what what kind of dudes would ask you that? That's, that's crazy as shit, man. That's a that's an outrageous statement, man. I, I'm a, I'd write their names down. Yeah, man. Like I, uh, like I, like you know, I like horror movies and all that kind of stuff, and I'll watch those kind of things. But like when someone like in person says some stuff like that, it's kind of like jarring. It's like what? Why are you saying stuff Stop like the that? Cow. I will say this that has been said about Brian, that he was a guy that they said that was trying to fit in. Uh, do you think by calling into a podcast, he would be trying to fit in? Um, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to tell, man. Uh, like I said, maybe it's not even him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Odo <laughs> says frats aren't like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I found this to be, you know, I don't even want to listen to the rest of it. I found it to be kind of crazy. At the end, he talks about, um, you know, living in Utah. Apparently, uh, um, T-Rev found the number from Utah. So this could be just the guy talking smack. And if that ends up being the case, this guy's just trolling and bringing up some weird stuff. I don't want to give too much. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. Mel Mel. We appreciate the love. Thank Whoa. you so much. $49.99. Thank Jack. you. Thank you. She Thank says you, you guys are much. awesome. Glad I found your channel. Keep up the great work. Thank you. You know, I I found it hard to believe that again, a guy of this education and knowledge in in the criminal field would make this mistake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you look at what he's done to cover his tracks. He went back to work. Apparently, he was wearing gloves. Now, I don't think he was wearing like latex gloves. This is Idaho in November. So my guesstimation is that he was wearing probably warm type of gloves. Keep it inconspicuous. That way nobody notices him wearing the gloves. You're in Idaho in November, December. It's not going to be uncommon for somebody to probably be wearing gloves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he he planned a trip before this incident had occurred and you know stayed on track. He was supposed to be coming back. Apparently, he had all intentions on going back to WSU for the second semester, next semester. And so for me, in my opinion, I just feel that um, it's not this doesn't fit the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, you know, when you're looking at a victim, you call it the victimology. This doesn't fit the profile of what I think he would do based on on his education and his knowledge. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, he's doing everything that if if he got a master's, he's he bought that because he's doing the whole opposite of what he was taught. Yeah. 
But then yeah. again, there's 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 guys out there, there's suit killers out there that, that, that love that fame, you know, the their egos at the at their highest when, when they get that that you know the publicity. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And so I, I just don't think it's him. I mean it's you know, I've had like like I, when I saw the phone number say five seven zero, right, as the area code for mm-hmm. um, the area, right? And we had a phone call that came from five seven zero. I was like, "Whoa, did this guy call us?" And I went back, found the phone number, retraced it, came back to somebody completely different and nobody related. Somebody lived very close, by yeah. by very close was in that lived in the area, but uh, wasn't well, had nothing to do with it. And so. Um, in my opinion, what they did was they got the report of the vehicle. Um, there's been speculation that he may have been driving around the area a couple of times before he parked. Um, and, you know, he did that. He was on a couple of ring. They were on his trail. Uh, DNA probably had to take a little bit to come back. It sounds like it was uh, not his direct DNA that they got a match to, but a, gene- a genealogical one where it was from family members. And so, you know, when you get that, and they describe the uh, the situation pretty uh, pretty pretty well. In fact, you know what? I'll just play how they how they talked about it. They probably describe it better than I could. Let's um, watch that real quick. So you know, it would be one thing if they went up to a suspect and said, "Hey, can you give us a swab?" They didn't do that. Apparently, there was a lot of DNA all over that uh, that apartment building. Right. Uh, and they compared it to publicly available DNA. It sounds like somebody in his family did one of those 23andMe things or was in a government uh, law enforcement database and they tracked it down to him through them. Yeah, th- that's a possibility. The only caution we should have is this is all unofficial information 100%. released on the internet. And once uh, he's gotten back to uh, Moscow from Pennsylvania, extradited perhaps in a, today or tomorrow. Right. <clears throat> then the prosecutor in uh, in Idaho will be able to present to have a hearing on the, uh, the warrant that they uh, they have mm-hmm. and release the information on which uh, uh, he uh, his arrest is based, right. which might include DNA. But in, to do DNA, he has to have left some DNA at the scene. Right. And with all the blood there, most 99% of it would probably be from the victims. Right. Whereas his DNA would only be there if he probably wore gloves or they would have had fingerprints. And cutting himself, because blood is slippery, and he, when you cut a, yeah. stab a lot of people, you might cut yourself. Or if one of the victims had scratched him and had it under her fingernails. Right. So the DNA is a possibility. But the Elantra car, the, the, the Hyundai car, mm-hmm. uh, may also be a, uh, uh, important as because they followed the car. They're, according to the Internet, that. So this isn't the, uh, the video I thought it was, but I'll explain it. Uh, but first, I want to say thank you to Jules B for the uh, $2 Super Chat. It says, educated snowflake. He was, oh, my. And then we have a $20 Super Chat. Thank you, John O'Rourke. He says, thanks for the great breakdown, fellas. I'm new here, but enjoy the logical conversation, looking at multiple points of view. 
Thanks for the breakdown, different ideas. I want more breakdowns, more cases to come during 2023. Definitely, definitely. Actually, you know, that you bring that up, we're going to be talking about a couple of cases that are a little close to, to Texas, close to home mm-hmm. um, here in the near future. We're going to continue to break down this case, but um, we've actually had a couple members from a search team in a couple of missing persons cases nearby that um, want to talk to us and put some light out there for some missing people in Texas. And so uh, there's going to be a lot more to come. We have a new member. Thank you, Maria. Thank you, Thank you so much for joining. Thank you, everybody that's participated and, and helped supported the show. So when you have a genealogical DNA match, what that means is you have, um, they can trace this back probably to a certain you know person in your lineage. Maybe it'd be a great grandparent or whatever, if you're like second cousins, right? You know, what you have is the grandparent or if your third cousins is like the great, great grandparent or whatever. And once you find who you're matched up against, then you got to go through this tree and it's, it's a process, right? To find uh, the connection. And then you have to go and clear and vet everybody that's within that to then find the person that you're looking for. And so uh, the way I understood it was basically, it was a long process. I feel that it probably took some time to pull out and separate the DNA. I think they had DNA right off the bat. They had to separate it from the victims based on the scene and the way it was described. It was pretty sloppy. And so, in my opinion, they had to separate it, figure it out. Then they had to find the unidentified, you know, unidentified DNA that didn't match the victims. And then they had to go and put it through CODIS and then figure out, uh, you know, this genealogy um, um, match and then how they can compare that genealogy match back to Brian, because, you know, there's a lot of speculation. We have another new member. Thank you so much. Carmelita, we appreciate it. Thank you. And so my, I, my opinion, it's going to be a, um, a situation that, that took some time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's probably why. And as this interview was saying that they followed them, they kept their eye on them. They were just waiting for those pieces of information to click, and then they hooked them up. What do you think? No, yeah, definitely. I think they were just piling the evidence up, up, up to to prosecute him, and um, you know, make sure they have the conviction out of it. For sure, for and, sure. Um, what's it called? Yeah, uh, like the who was it that said that? It's like, unfortunately, oh man. I Oh, John O'Rourke, when he said the more breakdowns in the future, unfortunately, uh, there's going to be things that happen. There's going to be more of these cases, unfortunately. I wish it wasn't like that. Yeah, I mean? yeah for sure. Uh, but uh, we'll be here trying to break it down. Yeah, and give you guys an honest, true perspective of, of a case. with uh, and that's, that's evidence-based for the most part. You know, there's going to be some speculation because we, we don't know all the answers to the questions. Mm-hmm. However, when we speculate, we do it with the presence of mind of the information that's put out there and the evidence that we have. You know what I'm saying? And so um, we try to keep that perspective and move in that direction. And so uh, I want to show another video before we head on out. Uh, this is uh, going to give us a perspective of, of uh, Brian. This is actually from one of his students. Or, or, you know, he was a teacher assistant and he talks about Brian's uh, actions and how he changed a little bit since, you know, after the uh, the incident had taken place. 
Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, I was you know just like sleeping here on the couch in my parents' house, and I woke up to all these tweets that were like, "Oh, they you know they got the guy." And of course, this has been something that everyone in Pullman has been following. Everyone in the whole Pullman Moscow area. And so, you know, I look on my phone and I see the guy's name and I see the picture. And I'm thinking that looks a lot like my TA, who's also named Brian. But that would be crazy. And so I went and I checked my email, you know, to see where to see the emails I'd had with them and the name match and everything. And yeah, it was just like totally jarring, totally shocking to realize that this person that had been, you know, kind of grading my papers was, you know, allegedly this like horrible murderer. Now, we came here for whatever reason, what, you know, they're asking him. All our interactions came in the form of class and um, not even like, you know, office hours. Like it was all within the confines of a, of a lecture hall. Um, he was pretty strict as far as grading goes. Um, when he came into class, he was very, uh, you know, not super mentally present. He would stand up at the front, look at the ground. Uh, he had a lot of like boilerplate responses he would give people rather than, you know, maybe something he had thought up on the spot. It seemed like he would be, you know, he, he'd come in knowing what he was going to say to like most interactions. And then when he would grade your papers, he would be grading you on what he ended up calling like a higher standard. But what it really felt like to us was he was grading us like he would have graded himself as a PhD student. Um, and so that was just kind of like, you know, we were all annoyed by him. And so I knew his name, you know, I knew like, oh, T.A. Brian, like he's, he's kind of, he sucks at this. Like he's, he's grading us too harshly. And that was like, an annoyance, but obviously beyond that, we just thought he was a little weird and kind of, you know, a bad grader. Yeah, he actually only left me good comments, which is just kind of silly. Like the only ones I could send in were nice ones, but but for most people, he was being pretty, pretty harsh in the comments. I just, for whatever reason, he was being pretty good to me. Yeah, actually, um, we, we, we had, our professor was big on the idea that like, you know, if we're all going to be attorneys someday, then we have to know how to argue our case. And so uh, he scheduled a day where everyone, you know, came in ready to argue to get their grades up, you know, and he brought in Brian and he was like, all right go at him. And he had Brian stand up and everyone was, you know, like a few people were on his side because they wanted to keep their high grades and not like have questions be cut out or whatever. But for the most part, it was like, you know, half of 150 person class, just asking him all these real critical questions and he would answer. And he'd actually, he, he tried pretty hard to defend himself, which was the kind of thing that our professor loved. He wanted the like courtroom environment. And so, um, so there was just a period of class where we were all sort of, arguing about this not i mean it wasn't like yelling or anything but it was certainly conflict you know yeah yeah we just uh it would have been about a month before winter break when like the murders happened and we didn't obviously build our framework for this around that because we had no reason to connect him to that you know at the time but Definitely around then, um, he started grading everybody just a hundreds. Not like 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 you pretty much if you turned something in, you were getting high marks. And he stopped leaving notes. It was just, uh, you know, he seemed preoccupied, is what I would have said at the time. And now, obviously, he seems like he was probably pretty preoccupied. But 
Um, but it was, yeah, it was much easier. You'd turn in whatever you wanted pretty much. And he was just braiding them up and sending them back. Like, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he probably that I saw, he was always, um, a little bit spotty on whether or not he'd come to class because he had, you know, whatever PhD stuff over the top of it. But the couple times that he did come after, um, or around that time period, I remember him, you know, he had like a little bit more facial hair, just like stubble, but definitely less like well kept than he was. And he was, um, a little quieter, you know, he didn't, uh, he used to stand up at the start of class and like talk about some stuff sometimes. And this time he didn't really do that at all. Um, he was definitely, I think like the, the previous like mental preoccupation that we had been noticing where it was like, you know, he didn't really want to be there. That was at like an all time high and he just, you know, didn't look like he was doing great. So this is, uh, uh, you know, one of his students just kind of talking about, you know, how he was changing and a little bit of his behavior. He would show up, but didn't want to be there. Kind of alluding to what I was saying when um, when I stated that. Uh, and yeah, please, guys, do not harass anyone in the chat. If she don't want to come on, that's not a big deal. Uh, I did reach out. There were some things maybe I had some questions about um, as far as, you know, the voice on, mm -hmm. on the uh, T-Rev. Does that sound like him? You know, things like that. Um, the reason why we, we had the picture up there earlier was because we saw a resemblance between you and, and, and Kaylee. And, um, you know, given the fact that of, of all the, uh, what's the word, the, uh, the similarities between Brian and and BTK and, and some of these other uh, SKs that um, went after somebody familiar, mm -hmm. we just had maybe a couple questions, but but yeah. No, yeah, that was me. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, yeah, if um, uh, yeah, if you if you ever want to come on and and just kind of uh, you know whatever you're you know willing to talk to us about, we'd love to have you on the show. It doesn't have to be tonight. We'll talk about it later. Um, but yeah, thank you for for being in. And if you guys, if if you want us to change the thumbnail, you don't want to be in there. Just let us know, and we'll definitely take it with. Uh, how do you join, uh, Kate, Kami? We're going to be doing um, a. Uh, no problem, Bree. We, pre we appreciate you coming in and, and saying, you know, what you said already. Uh, uh, well, anywho, um, as far as joining the show and joining the stream, we do do a, um, a, uh, a stream show. We'll probably be doing that on Wednesday. We'll be taking your phone calls, taking, um, you know, everybody into their stream. Uh, we'll send out the stream yard as well yeah. and have you join the, uh, the you know, the, the podcast. Um, we usually do that on Fridays, but this Friday I'll be traveling. So uh, we, won't, we pro I won't be on the show if there's a show that comes out this Friday. I apologize. Um, thank you so much. I, I will awesome. definitely. Thank you. thank you so much. I'll leave that to myself, actually. Thank you. <laughs> um, and, and I will, I appreciate it. Um, so again, you know, Brian, he was trying to fit the part, trying to fit what he was doing, you know, went back to work, did, you know, mm -hmm. was there, you know, he couldn't keep to himself. I mean, he couldn't stay himself. You know what I'm saying? He, uh, uh, he was preoccupied. He looked tired. You know, a lot of folks came out with a lot of comments about his, his actions post the incident. 
And so, you know, it led me to believe that he was trying not to fall under those tall tale um, situations. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, that's it. I mean, that's that's pretty much I got for today. Oh, um, do you have any other you know questions, comments, Hyman? Um, no, um, just I'm gonna stick to what I said earlier about unfortunately, we're gonna have more cases. Um, you know, just there's bad people out there with uh bad intentions, and yeah, you know, we'll be here, yeah, yeah, we definitely will. We'll be covering this, we'll be covering this tomorrow. There's gonna be a uh, a hearing, um, where Brian's gonna waive his right for extradition or, or whatnot, and he's gonna be extradited. And taken back to Idaho. At that point, the probable cause affidavit is going to be released. We're going to go through it. We're going to go through it piece by piece. I'll explain what I understand out of it based on the terminology and my experience and prior prior law enforcement, and kind of explain that in layman's terms. That way, we can all understand what's going on, and 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 we can all understand yeah. uh, what the evidence was and is against Brian, and if there's a solid case. You know, we've broken down some other cases. One of the cases that we've broken down was the Delphi uh, murders. We talked about the probable cause affidavit in that situation. We broke down piece by piece on 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 the timeline based on Robert um, Richard Allen. I'm sorry, based on his testimony as far as where he was and at the time and who he saw. And, you know, we were able to cooperate with evidence based on that probable cause affidavit of where the girls were and at what time they mm-hmm. were at. And we're able to pretty much understand that that probable cause affidavit isn't, you know, that evidence isn't as flimsy as the defense wants to make everybody believe. And so, uh, you know, with that said, you know, go check out our, 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 our other stuff. We have it in the playlist. You can see some of the other content we do. We also do lighthearted stuff um, as well. Not so much seriousness. And that's also in there. Um but we appreciate everybody that was in the live chat. We appreciate everybody that supported us and, and donated members, the whole nine yards. I also have, thank you for reminding me. We had a couple of people buy us some coffee. And I want to say thank you to them. Like is this alcoholic up. coffee? It is alcoholic coffee. <laughs> uh, they actually bought us a, a couple of beers. We have someone who didn't want to give their name, Janelle mm. and Grace. Thank you thank so you. much for buying us coffee slash beer. If you are interested in doing so, you can see that in the link in the description below. Um, we appreciate everybody that was a part. Yeah. We appreciate everything. And um, uh, please give us a like. Please give us a subscribe on your way out. That being said, man, that's all I got. Have a yeah. safe night. Peace. Later, man.